Hey friend, today's episode is about one hormone that often gets overlooked when it comes to perimenopause, but if this is out of whack, then it is definitely gonna cause you some problems. I'm gonna tell you what it is and some tactical things that you can do about it. Okay, go grab that pen and paper and that cup of tea and let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome to the Fit Productive Mom podcast. I'm your host SJ. I'm an outspoken women's health advocate, productivity guru, daughter of the king, and a 40-something mom to a sassy, independent daughter. If you feel stressed out, overwhelmed, and hate what you see in the mirror, then that stops right here. I'm here to arm you with the knowledge you need to better understand your mind and body so that you can live a life free of diets, fitness fads, and comparison. If you're ready to commit to making yourself a priority, to reconnect with your body and be a present productive parent, then this is the podcast for you. Grab that superfood smoothie and let's dig in. Now, before we get started, let's talk about something important because I always say to you, go and grab a cup of tea because of course, like I'm in the UK, like we drink tea and we think it is like the problem solver for every kind of life's drama. But one of the things that you might not know about me is that I love like vintage cups. I love going around like secondhand stores, charity shops, we call them here in the UK. And I love like getting old fashioned cups and just like having like none of my cups match. And I love that. I love like the history and I love the idea that, you know, they've been in somebody else's kitchen while they were like sitting down and having a cup of tea and chatting. I just, I just love that. And you might be somebody who's like, oh my God, that totally grosses me out. But I just thought I would share that with you because I'm very excited. I have gone into my kitchen over the past few days and got rid of like all my old mugs that were like chipped and a bit like tatty looking went and got some new ones and oh my gosh, the joy that that is bringing to my life, I cannot tell you. But anyway, today's episode is not about tea. It is about the hormone that often gets overlooked when we are talking about perimenopause, Um, but it's actually a really, really important hormone. And we are gonna be talking about this hormone that gets out of whack during perimenopause. And I'm gonna give you some tactical things that you can actually do about it. Because of course, it's all very well talking about these things, but we need to know what to do about them. So any guesses which hormone it is? Shall we do a drum roll? I know that you're there doing a drum roll for this hormone. The drum roll for the hormone, it is progesterone, which may surprise you. Because let's be honest, when we are talking about perimenopause, we often overlook progesterone and it's usually estrogen that kind of gets like the full starring role. And certainly if you've been around here a while and you've heard me talking about cycle syncing, then I talk a lot about estrogen and progesterone, but estrogen is definitely the hormone that sort of gets the starring role. But today we're talking about progesterone. If you're not familiar with what it is, it's a hormone that does play a really crucial role in your reproductive system. Hormones, remember, are chemical messengers that tell your body how to work. In women or people who are assigned female at birth, 
Progesterone supports menstruation and helps maintain the early stages of pregnancy. So if you think about like your cycle, progesterone is the hormone that kicks in after ovulation, preparing your body for a potential pregnancy. Now, during perimenopause, progesterone levels decline along with estrogen, but actually what happens in the early stages of perimenopause is it's the progesterone that drops first and your progesterone levels may actually suddenly plummet and your estrogens can your estrogen sorry levels can remain high and that causes like this real unbalanced and it's a really unbalanced ratio between estrogen and progesterone that can actually cause a lot of the trouble and the problems that you may experience in the first stages of perimenopause. So low progesterone, if you kind of imagine like estrogen and progesterone kind of like balance each other out on a set of scales. Now, if progesterone is low, it's going to lead to this big sort of imbalance. And this is known as estrogen dominance and estrogen dominance, which is a term you've probably heard spoken about maybe in social media, that can lead to a lot of symptoms ranging from, of course, weight gain. That is one of the real like symptoms that many women, myself included, can experience in addition to things like adult acne and any like mood related symptoms that you might experience. And I can certainly resonate with some of those. And as I said before, it's usually estrogen that gets like the starring role when we're talking about perimenopause and menopause symptoms and any other hormonal issues. But it's often progesterone that's like driving the bus on why you're experiencing these symptoms. So have a think about it. Is your progesterone ratio perhaps too low? And is there a state of imbalance in your body? So here are some signs of low progesterone and low progesterone in perimenopause. And these things include heavy or irregular periods. Now, if you are somebody who perhaps hasn't been taking like contraception and you know your periods really well, particularly if you've been listening to me for a while, I'm always saying to you, make sure you're tracking, make sure you are keeping a log of your periods and your cycle and everything that's going on. And for me personally, this was one of the things that was a massive indicator that I knew that something was off because whilst my period had not changed in terms of when it showed up, the heaviness of it was very different. And from month to month now, it can really, really change. Like some months it can be really heavy and other months it can barely be there. It's still like regular in terms of the date that it shows up, but the heaviness, the the actual bleeding, if you like, is really different. So that can be a common sign of low progesterone. Weight gain, um, hello, (laughs) yes. That's probably one of the reasons why you're here listening to this podcast. I know so many of you, like I have, have struggled with like the perimenopause, menopause weight gain. And it's one of those things that often makes us make, like understand the connection between why we're suddenly putting on weight when we haven't changed anything in our diet, you know, like we've kept everything similar, but for some reason it's like someone's turned a switch in our body and our metabolism has just gone, no, I'm done, that's it. 
end of end of and that was what happened to me and that's why I'm here on this podcast talking to you because I know that you're really likely to have maybe searched something around like menopause weight gain menopause weight loss that sort of thing and weight gain is a real indicator that perhaps you might be struggling with low progesterone another symptom of low progesterone is anxiety, depression, irritability, and insomnia. Because if you think about progesterone, this is the hormone that is there to support your body in the early stages of pregnancy. So progesterone is a calming hormone. It's like like if estrogen is like, you know, your crazy friend that's always on the go, progesterone is your friend who's very calming and telling you to sit back and take a bit of a chill pill. But if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, irritability, you can't go to sleep, then the chances are that your progesterone levels are actually low because it's the progesterone that helps you with, you know, like things like calming down and going to sleep. Um, Another sign that you might be struggling with low progesterone is um, adult acne, headaches, and then also low libido, like not actually wanting to be intimate with your partner. So if any of those are ringing a bell, of course, like this podcast is not designed to replace the advice of your medical doctor go and seek their advice, go and get some blood work done, go and do some digging into, you know, like what's going on with your body. But if any of these are starting to sort of ring a bit of a bell, then definitely you might want to investigate and try some of the things that I'm going to suggest at the end of this podcast. Now, before I move on to those sort of tactical strategies, I just want to go back to a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about stress and how stress can cause weight gain. Now, stress is not helpful for our body in any way, shape or form, and stress can actually steal progesterone too. Now, progesterone, it's quite interesting, is one of several building blocks that is used by your body to make other hormones. And I didn't know this until I went down the rabbit hole and did all the reading around this for you. A small amount of progesterone is made in the adrenal glands and is converted into cortisol which is the body's main stress hormone and we were talking in previous episodes about cortisol how it can cause you to gain weight so chronic stress causes the body to use cortisol at a much faster rate and as a result the cortisol pathway is prioritized by your body and your body begins like looking and channeling more what is called pre-preg pregnenolone pregnenolone which is like the precursor hormone to progesterone and it uses that for direct use in the production of cortisol which means there is less progesterone available for other purposes and if you are moving into perimenopause and you are stressed and your body already has a lower level of progesterone and your body's trying to take the progesterone that you have and use it to be able to produce cortisol, then you're gonna really, really struggle. And that's why stress is not our friend in this whole process, which is a real catch, like a really catch, like a real evil cycle, isn't it? Because being stressed impacts your body. Having those impacts on your body can cause you to be stressed. 
So this is why when I am talking about hormone balancing, perimenopause, menopause, yes, I'm talking about fitness. Yes, I'm gonna talk about nutrition, but I'm also going to be talking about stress and how stress impacts your body because it really is a key element to consider if you are in perimenopause and menopause and if you are looking to improve the balance of your hormones, if you're looking to lose weight, if you're looking to get healthier and fitter, you need to be thinking about stress and the impact that it's having. So less progesterone is available if you are stressed and that's gonna have an impact on your menstrual cycle, of course. And if you are perimenopause and menopausal and those hormones are already low, then that can increase that imbalance between progesterone and estrogen. Um, this is often <laughs> referred to as the pre, no, pregnenolone steel. Okay, so there's the science, that's what's going on. Again, if you're thinking, right, some of this is ringing a bell for me, perhaps I am struggling with some of these things, I'm also stressed as well. Definitely want to be thinking about some ways that we can address this and some things that you can do yourself really easily at home to try and support your body and to help balance your hormones. But if you're really concerned about this, you should absolutely go and have a chat with your doctor, get some blood work done and see if they can support you. Now, let's talk about four ways that you can improve your progesterone levels yourself. First of all, one of them is around your nutrition. So talking about increasing your B vitamins, so increasing foods like liver, milk, eggs, and then also vitamin C. So you could grab yourself a little bit of freshly squeezed orange juice and improve your zinc intake through foods such as oysters, meat, and poultry. Now, those foods that I've just spoken about, like liver, milk, eggs, oysters, meat, poultry. Like, of course, if you're a veggie or you're vegan, you don't eat those things. And this is where it is worth you considering like taking some kind of supplement to get these vitamins and to make sure that your body is getting enough of them. Because, you know, whether you agree with eating meat or whether you don't, the quantity of vegetables that you have to eat to achieve the same quantity of nutrients, what I'm trying to say is you have to eat less liver, milk, eggs, meat, poultry to get the nutrients that you need compared to being able to, you're gonna have to eat more vegetables to get the same amount of nutrients. So it's definitely worth thinking about supplementing and there are some of those B vitamins that you can't actually get. So definitely go and look into some supplements. I have put some links to some in the show notes that I really like and that are also veggie and vegan friendly as well. Number two, stress. <laughs> and I know you're probably rolling your eyes at me right now going, yes, Sarah Jane, like I'm really stressed. I've got a whole load on my plate. I'm working, I'm looking after my family I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like I totally get it, my friend. But if you want to be like the healthiest, happiest version of you, you are gonna have to find what it is that you need to do to reduce your stress and to take the pressure off yourself in some form or another. 
So I really challenge you to go back to episode 297, which is like only a couple of episodes before this one. And I really dig into stress, how it impacts your weight. And I really challenge you to think about what is causing you the most stress. Are you like sleeping enough? What do you need to take off your plate to make yourself feel better? And, you know, this is not the podcast episode where we're going to dig into mum guilt and all of that kind of stuff. But remember, like, you're one person. You need to make sure that you are the healthiest, happiest, most energetic version of yourself so that you can show up for the people that are important, the work that you're doing, like all of the things that you actually want to do. And a really big part of thinking about stress is actually considering like the things that you're saying yes to and the people that you're saying yes to. But that is a episode for another time. Okay, point number three is to reduce body fat, which of course is why you are likely to be here listening to me because you are trying to lose weight. Now, one of the things I would really suggest that you do is don't just measure your weight. Go somewhere where you can actually get like a proper body scan and maybe just go like once a month and have a look and see like how much body fat do you have? How much visceral fat do you have? And visceral fat is the fat that is like around your organs. And that's a really important number to know because of the links between visceral fat and um, like serious health conditions. So don't just focus on the number on the scale because that really doesn't kind of give you an idea of what's going on inside your body. Try and get one of those proper body scans where you stand on like a metal plate and you hold like those hand things or you hold onto a bar and it does like a it sort of passes a small electrical current through your body and it measures like your bone density your body fat your muscle mass that kind of thing and whenever I go so I have one in a gym that I go to whenever I go to it first of all like I always go at the same time each month in my cycle and I always do it at the same time of day so it's like a fair kind of comparison I'm not there every day I'm not actually there every week I just do it once a month just to kind of see where I'm at and what I'm doing and the actual body weight is not a number that I stress about what I notice and what I'm looking for is my body fat percentage and my muscle mass percentage And those are the numbers that I'm looking to change. And I really suggest that you focus on those numbers too, okay? Right, that was number three. Number four is to avoid food and external substances that have endocrine disruptors in them. Now, last episode, I was talking about um, endocrine disruptors. It was 298. Go and scroll down and listen to that one. I know it's not one of those kind of like really sexy episodes where it's like follow this strategy to lose weight instantly like that's not what I'm here for but I really want you to take it seriously the chemicals and the endocrine disruptors that are in your home in the personal products that you're using in the containers that you're storing your food in in the utensils that you're using in 
the cooking implements that you have at home, the shampoos, the makeup, all of those things, they all impact your progesterone levels and avoiding endocrine disruptors as much as you possibly can by just making wiser choices in the products that you're using in your home, particularly your cosmetics and particularly the things that you're using to clean your bathroom with, your kitchen with, all of those things. Those are really easy things that you can change yourself. You can't change like, you know, the cars on the street. You can't change like the office that you might work in, but you can change those things. And endocrine disruptors can really impact your progesterone levels. They can increase your estrogen dominance because many of them will pretend and act like estrogen in your body which then causes a whole host of different problems. So those are my four tips for you to improve your progesterone levels to try and balance out this estrogen progesterone imbalance that is really common in perimenopause. Now, I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you made it all the way to the end, oh my goodness, thank you so much. You are in for a treat. And those people that switched off earlier are gonna miss out. For you, my dear friend, this month, I am giving away one of my favorite products. I'm gonna be giving away a clean deodorant, antiperspirant deodorant. It is from a company that I absolutely love here in the UK. It is a cream that you roll under your armpit and it's clean, it has no endocrine disruptors in it and it's actually a really, really amazing product. Believe me, I have worked through every single type of deodorant, like antiperspirant that there is out there and this one is clean, it's good for the environment and it actually works and smells nice as well. So this month I want to give away some of these deodorants and I want to get one in your hands and the way that you can do that is by leaving me a five star written review for the podcast, taking a screenshot of it and sending it to me via email and I will enter you in to win one of these awesome, like citrus zingy smelling antiperspirant deodorants so that when you are doing your workout, whether it's at home or in the gym or whether you are just running after the kids, you don't have to worry about sweat getting the better of you. So like I said, all you have to do is write a five-star written review on iTunes of this podcast take a screenshot of there, send me that via email. The email is in the show notes and I'm gonna enter you to win one of these awesome antiperspirant deodorants. And it doesn't matter wherever you are in the world, you can still enter it. I will make sure that that gets in the post to you. Have an amazing day, my friend. I'm wishing you a very happy Easter at this time. And I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. I hope you loved today's episode and that you learned something and I pray it blessed you in some way. If so, take a moment to share this with a friend and I would love it if you could take just 30 seconds for me to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it's the only way I know you like the show and I love hearing from you too. 